This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So I want to do a quick review again before I get into because I don't know why I even got pulled off there, but a quick review on you know what what's been taught so far in premarital counseling and again this is when and uh, Minister Martin started off with when and why premarital counseling and that's because you need to know how to choose you need to know what you're signing up to you need to remember that God hates divorce and we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later as well when we talk about you know what God wants and expects from marriage and then also you just, you need to be prepared as much as possible like I said this there's, there's so much involved in the marriage cup and covenant, we are barely skimming the surface. I mean, there's going to be six, seven ministers to go over this, and I promise you, we're still barely skimming the surface. There's so much in the cup of marriage, which means you need to consider a few things before just jumping into it. You need to count the cost before just jumping into God's covenant. Because it's a divine institution, and it's created by God. That means God's ordained. You can go back to authority on Wednesday. If it's created by God, he has an, he has an ordination for it. That means he he has it set up, he has an orderly arrangement for marriage. That means he and and if God has a purpose for if God created it and he has a purpose for it, that means he expects something from it. And like it says in the scriptures, you have to be fruitful and multiply, not just for children. Like Minister Hazel said, there has to be godliness in your home. Being fruitful. Being fruitful doesn't mean we put our money together and now we're able to buy a six figure house and that's not the fruitful he's talking about. Yes, fruitful means you can have children, but he's not just talking about that. He's talking about this. That's why you have to be you have to be a kingdom individual before yourself because the spirit needs to work out the fruits of the spirit inside of you, so that when you come in, your your household can have that fruit coming out of it, united in the purpose of God, so that your house can have love, joy, peace, long stuff. Listen, you have to have all those things when you're married. If the Spirit is not leading you, I guarantee you, the end result is going to be bad. If there is no love, if there's no joy, if there's always murmuring, if there's always complaining about things that are going on in marriage, let me tell you, those things are going to wear you down. That's why you got to look at these things beforehand. Be watchful beforehand. But like Pastor Ben has said, the signs are there before. If you're looking for it. If you're not blinded by the things that you expect and you want from marriage. The, the, the warning signs are already, already, already there. God is not going to leave you out. You know how the warning signs are there? All you have to do is read his word and he'll show you what's supposed to be in there. And anything that's contrary to that, guess what? That's a warning sign. But we get so caught up in what we want and what we think marriage is that the first thing to go out the door is what God wants. We don't consider what God wants from his marriage. Long before we even consider a mate. We think about marriage from, the, from, from a young age. We think it's this, it's that. Oh, it's, it's all love. It's all wine and roses. And, and, and you know, I'm going to get to do everything I want to with this person. We get to have sex. We're going to have all the money. Gonna, and that's what we think it is. But we know the scripture says it's different. It's a, it's a billboard to all those who see it that, hey, this is the relationship of Christ and the church. That's what the marriage is supposed to be. So you have to come in prepared. And I want to start again with the definition of marriage. I want to make sure I get this in. What is marriage? Marriage is a divine institution created by God, whereby two rational, free moral agents, that's a man and a woman, 
who are born again choose to enter into a lifelong commitment with another imperfect person. And those are, you know, you can read that definition, and, and that'll tell you right now, right? It's an imperfect person. So when we put our expectations on imperfect people, especially when you're not God, guess what? But your, your, your expectations are imperfect. Putting perfect expectations on an imperfect person is imperfect. And when we do that, that, that's how we end up being disappointed in marriage. That's when divorce becomes an option. And God hates divorce. So, like, I, like the, the, the definition says, it's a divine institution. So we have to make sure that what we're doing is holy. It's divine. It, it does what, Christ, what God intended it to do, to show forth Christ, the relationship between Christ and the church. So, what is marriage? And again, last time, you know, we talked about how, and we, we just talked about it now, how people think, you know, have their own expectation of what it is. But for those who value, and we said this last time, for those who value God above all else, marriage provides a proven ground of faith. A working and equipping of the heart that has promised not only for this life, but for the life to come. And so, my objectives for this teaching, and again, you know, I'm picking up from where Minister Haston left off. He talked about God's perspective and his purpose for the, the marriage covenant. I'm going to pick up from where he left off. And my objectives for this teaching are to discover what does God want or desire or expect, or expect from my marriage. And how does he get it? And probably for the, you know, we, on the first one we started off with what he wanted. And probably for this one we're going to be on that for a while and what he expects. And we'll end up on how did he get it next week. We may touch a little bit into that depending on how time goes. But I want to take my time with this, and I want you to understand, you know, marriage is not something you should rush, right? Marriage is, is, is not a play thing. It's not something that you should take lightly, because it's God's covenant. And so last time, you know, we started to look at some of the expectations that, uh, and I said it's more, more of a common, because there's plenty of expectations people have in marriage, but some of the expectations that man has for marriage. And I told you right next to it, I put in parentheses, immature thinking, especially if you're using these reasons to get married. Because, you know, a lot of people think of these things, but a lot of them use them as reasons to get married. Uh, to get married. And so the first one that we said was the need for affection and sexual intimacy. And, you know, I'm going to say this again, I have to say it, sex outside of God's covenant is a sin. Plain and simple. There's no if and buts. There's no loopholes. There's nothing like sex outside of God's covenant is a sin, and it's a sin against against God. So here's another challenge for some of you unmarried single people. If you're dating or something, here's a challenge, right? <laughs> and this has nothing that you have to go talk to nobody. This just has to deal with you. If you're having sex, stop. That's your challenge. And let me clear some things up for you too, as well. You're not ready for the married state. How can you be married? How can you be ready for the married state when you can't be faithful or submit to God? There's no way if you can't be faithful and submit to your your Creator, the one with the whole power and all authority, that you're gonna you're gonna be faithful and submit to that other person. So if you're having sex, stop and listen. You are not ready for the married state. You can't be faithful to God. You can't submit to God. And then you want to get married. 
So now you have two people that can't be faithful and can't submit in a covenant that lasts a lifetime. And God hates divorce. You see, this is what you have to understand too. What people really don't understand is that the Bible says that God hates it and it's a sin unless it's for one certain thing. I didn't write the scriptures. You know, he, he says, I allow it for the hardness of your heart, you know, for certain infidelities, but that's not why a lot of people are getting divorced nowadays. A lot of people are just saying, it's not meeting my needs, because this and this, because that and that. Listen, for me, everybody say, for Brother Hill, divorce is a sin. See, you have to go into marriage with that serious heart, with that thought. You have to count those costs. And thank God for His grace and mercy. I don't want anybody to feel condemned, but I'm going to tell you right now, in my mind, there's no, listen, it's not an option. So I better make sure before I put myself in that serious of a covenant that everything lines up with what God says. He wrote it. It's His manual. He started it. I better make sure everything lines up. He says that I should not have sex outside of marriage. If I'm having it, I'm not ready for that state. If I don't find myself completing him first, I'm not ready for that state. If I can't be faithful to him and his word, if I find myself constantly walking out of his authority, which is a grand violation in his house, as a member of his house, then I am not ready for something that's set up, set up under his authority in his house. And again, we talked about it last time, walking that thin line, right? I'm, I'm going to take it a little bit further because I talked about, you know, kissing and touching. Listen, you don't have to be doing all of that. I talked about it last time, just trying to Netflix and chill. You know who does a lot of Netflix and chilling? Married folks. Alone. Let me help you. Married folks do. Because let me tell you, y'all, I've heard this, oh, we're, we're fine, we've been able to be by ourselves and not do anything. What's your excuse, right? Were you too full that time? Were you sleep at that time? Because if your only excuse of you not acting out in the flesh is your flesh, it ain't going to last. It'll start with, yeah, we were there by ourselves on the couch watching Netflix or whatever. Oh, she got cold, she went and got us a big blanket. Just cut a little bit. And that may just be that time we got too full and nothing happened. Next time, she got the blanket and she took off this. Or that. Or my hand went around and rubbed this. Or that. And then, let me tell you, at that point, it, it's, it's all a matter of time at that point. Because you, you let loose in your flesh. You got to get a hold, you got to get control of that thing before the marriage state. Because it will show up after the marriage state. Playing those, those legal games with God, and you cannot make his, his word a lie. You cannot. It's so, it's so amazing to me now, right? It's come full circle. Because I remember these, these teaching on premarital when I was younger, before I was married, when I was engaged, and all these things. And I remember hearing myself, yes, I got it, I'm ready, I'm ready for all that. Listen, 
It's so amazing. And then I, it's not lost on me that I'm standing up here saying those exact same things. And understand it's a little bit different now. <laughs> In that state, I'm telling you. These words, have they've been said over and over again. The only difference is who's going to take a hold of them, right? Who's going to put themselves on the back burner? Let me tell you, if you, can't, if you can't put yourself on the back burner and listen to God's word, you won't be able to do it in marriage. And marriage, as, tri- as Christ loves the church, it's about service. One to another. That's one of the things he wants out of marriage. We'll get to that later too. But see, our, our whole attitude before is selfish. What can I get? What can this do for me? Uh, well, we're going to get married anyway. We can have some, It's selfish. And then you're surprised when you get into the covenant, why can't it work out for me? Because I'm still selfish. And, you know, on that note, when people say, oh, we're going to get married anyway, we're going to have sex, let me tell you something. There's no guarantee... There's no guarantee that that person that you, that, that, that you call yourself in love with or you have these emotions for is the right person for you. There's no guarantee that that person isn't faking. Follow me. There's no guarantee that that behavior that you saw before they got you is going to continue after they get you. A person is always good until they're not. That, that's why I say, that's why we need to get godly involved. A person is always good until they're not. That's why your relationship has to have boundaries. That way, you're not throwing away your pearls before swine. Boundaries keep us from staying in relationships with people who aren't relationship material. That's the thing. When, when you love with boundaries, and I love, I, I love, it is not lost on me that authority, authority sets boundaries, but when you love with boundaries, then, then, then your boundaries, they come with responsibilities. Your love comes with responsibility. So, so here's my thing, right? Like I said, you can't tell if they're faking. You can't stop the wrong person from pretending with you. But you can stop them from thinking they have privileges with you without the responsibility of you. Those are boundaries. <laughs> That's the thing about it, right? You're talking about we're in love. True love is patient and kind. True love can wait. It doesn't insist on its own way every time. Corinthians says it doesn't rejoice in iniquity, wrongdoings, you know, going against the law of God. True love doesn't rejoice in that. If you're doing it now and you truly love this person, true love says, you know what? I'm going to do that challenge and I'm going to stop right now. Lust says, oh, we're going to get married anyway. So are you in love or are you in lust? Let's be real. And again, I want to encourage parents as well, again, in this season, you know, before they're married, I I don't care how old they are, you know, from from a teenager to somebody who's engaged, now's your time to stay involved. 
And now's your time to help with those boundaries. I told you last time, if, they, if they're interested in marrying your, 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 your daughter or your son, that means, guess what? They want to get in that covenant. And guess what's in that covenant? They want to have sex with your, with your child. That's in that covenant. Get that in your head. So guess what? We have to have boundaries to make sure you don't have that until you're in that covenant. Because it's a divine institution. It's created by God. And I didn't mean to spend that much time there again. So we also said another expectation is the need for companionship or loneliness. And again, you know, a lot of people said to fill that, to fill that void, you need a companion. You need a spouse. But let me tell you, you are, you are full and complete in Christ. The scripture says, beware lest anymore, you know, the, root, the rudiments of this world and what they say can fix them. Beware lest it spoil you. And spoil his, listen, his covenant of marriage. See, that's the thing about God. Covenant and marriage, it's, it's sanctified. It's sacred. It's not to be taken lightly like the people of today take it. This is something precious in God's sight. That's why those type of things like sex are only meant for that container of marriage. It's sacred. That's why divorce is not an option. When you listen, he brings them two together. When you tear them apart, those two pieces are never the same. See, these are things you need to think about instead of thinking, "Oh, we're almost at this date. This is about to happen." Yeah, but I I just want to make sure I'm not despising the covenants of God first and foremost. So that we could be fruitful in his covenant. We also said another expectation was it's going to help me be financially. It's the need for financial security. And of course, you know, we'll say this with young men again, right? If you can't, listen, if the only, cell phone, if the only bill you're paying is your cell phone bill, I'm going to tell you, you're not ready for marriage. Because, see, in marriage, you're supposed to care for the needs of others, right? So what if you come in there and your wife says, yeah, but I want this car. I want this. Uh, listen, this is in the cup. I hope you understand. I want this. Oh, no, I don't like that. Oh, my, my taste aren't that expensive. Yeah, but hers is. Yeah, but his are. You know, the one that you got in the covenant with. And then let me say another thing about, like, I'm going to repeat what I said last week. Don't know man like a gold digger. I'm, t- I'm telling you, that's why you need to be established on your own. Get your own money, you know. Do, do your own thing. Because I'm going to tell you, there's always a thought in a man's head, especially if, you want, if you're sitting around doing nothing. And you're just waiting to get married. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to have to come set them boundaries for you, bro. Come on. Come on, bro. She's conning you, bro. Come on, bro. Let's not play that game. But it goes both ways. Uh, you know, it goes both ways. There's, there could be guy gold diggers too as well. But, you know, I'm just talking about most common type of things. But if you're worried about being, you know, if you're worried about being financially secure, listen, don't bring those worries and those problems together with somebody. You're not being united in purpose. You know, if you have debts and stuff, work these things out on your own. You're not being united in debt. You're being united in purpose. Work these things out long before you get into the marriage covenant. 
It'll show them. It'll show its face. I'm telling you, it'll show its face. And if you get married for these reasons, once the money stops, guess what? Now it's time to consider divorce. If you get married just to make you happy, listen, or, or because, you know, they make you feel loved, if that's the only reason, once they start neglecting you a little bit, it's time to talk divorce. you got to make sure that it's built on a firm foundation. Take the time. Put in the real work. The real, like I said last time, the real work doesn't include, I, I graduated college, that's not the work for marriage. I got a job, that's not the work for marriage. I've saved up this amount of money. You've done a little bit of the physical work you need, but that's not the work you need for marriage. Consider these things. I'm telling you. Because for me, everybody say for Brother Hill, divorce is a sin. We also said people get married for the need for social acceptance, right? trying to fit in, trying to keep up with their friends. And, you know, I've seen this time and time again. People looking out, you know, from the outside, looking in, just like, you know, this is what I want. Grass always green on the other side. And I told you before, listen, marriage is not, it is not what you're thinking. If you're on the outside looking in, it's not what you think. It is not what you think. I was talking about odd habits and things like that. It's not... It's not, you think just because they got a picture on Facebook and they smiling and they said, oh, we did this, this, and that together, that it's the most perfect relationship out there. That's what marriage is. No. You, hey, check in, check in another week and let's see. That's not the work. I, I, I'm telling you, all those less appealing behaviors, they show up in marriage. Let me, let me put it like you. Because you have to understand when you're dating beforehand, they're trying to show you all the things that you like. All the things that you don't like, they show up in marriage. How about that? Let's be real. And you become the biggest critic of that person you're looking at. When you really should be looking in the mirror, but and we'll get to that later, but you become the biggest person and you... And you and that, like I said before, all those murmuring and complaining start. You start murmuring under your breath. What'd you say? Huh? You know, all that type of stuff. I'm trying to tell you. I've been there. I've done that. Thank God for His grace and mercy and His growth. Thank God. Because, I, listen, I would pay attention when, when I was first married. Certain things, you know, that you weren't expecting, you would pay attention to the little things. And I'm going to tell you something about Hillman. We're a very peculiar man. I, I'll put it like this. Could no other woman be my wife but Sister Natalie Hill? Very peculiar man. But these things are in the cup. These things are things that happen. So I, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you love your independence while you're looking on the outside looking in, you're going to lose that. You become one. I mean, listen, ain't no privacy. You want me to keep it real with you? Ain't no privacy. Listen, ain't no bathroom stalls at home. You can close the door, but guess what? You have to open it and let it air out. You smell it. That's in the cup. Let's be real. Let's be 100% honest with it. 
Listen, like I told you before, you can't hide behind your clothes at home. Listen, that's why I had to start hitting that gym. <laughs> you can't hide behind your, your clothes at home. And listen, I'm not saying that she, listen, she loved me for me. She really did. But again, it's about service, so I started working on me. But I'm telling you, they see all that. Listen, you roll over in the bed and you get the worst breath in the morning. It's in the cup. It's in the cup. While you're on the outside looking in, trying to keep, trying to keep up and be socially accepted, you haven't even weighed the minuscule cost. Listen, just let God do things in His timing, in His season. Let things work out because certain things right now, I'm telling you, certain things like I, even some of those little things I mentioned, you're not ready for. Listen, you get to see how dirty they are. Because guess what? You see them now, they're always cleaned up. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop by your house. Well, I know you're coming, so my house is always clean. Smelling like pine saw and stuff like that. And I... It's in the cup. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it real with you. These are things to consider. I'm not trying to deter you. I'm being 100% honest with you. That's why I'm saying it's about his time and his season. Let God, let him show you when you're ready. Because we're not trying to despise his covenants over something little like that. That's why I said, take your time and make his desires your desires. He knows what you want, but make his desires your desires. Then he'll give you what you want, what you need. Delight yourself in the Lord. And I believe this is where I last, left, left off last week. So another uh, expectation, uh, a common one, is the desire for family. And I'm going to tell you, let me tell you something. Like I said, some of these things are good. The desire for family is good. But we have to make sure we do it God's way so that it will be godly. The desire for children, it's a good thing. God put that in you. But let me, let me tell you this. Bringing children and raising children in this world, especially the world of today, is not an easy task. It is not. I see Nick talk about mm -mm. It is not easy. It's not an easy task. You don't take that. And listen, that's in the cup of marriage, especially, especially if that's why you get married, if that's the reason why you want to get married. Listen, raising children is a major vocation. It's an application of your life. It's a commitment. Listen, it's part of marriage, and marriage is a commitment. Let me tell you something about raising children. It never ends. It never ends. I see your face right there. She's like, I'm not, will I be an adult? You'll be an adult, but it still never ends. You'll always be their child. Raising children will never end. That's fact. So, and let me also tell you this as well, right? Because I told you it's a major vocation raising children. You better choose wisely who you're raising a child with. You want to make sure you're not raising a child with a child. Ain't nothing like having two children in the house and one's grown.
And then, you know, I've also seen where there's, you know, people who do just get married just to have kids, and when it happens, the spouse gets no attention. The spouse gets no love. The romantic relationship is out the window because they got what they wanted. Focusing on the children to the detriment of God's covenant. Not even realizing that the child is going to suffer too. Might even forget they're living with their spouse. Might just be them and the child. Because you can be present in the house and not be present. Uh, listen, if it's a woman, they'll go against the head of the home. Especially if it's because of a child. Look, don't discipline my child like that. Don't touch them that way. Don't talk to them that way. In front of them. See, now we're all up out of God's order. Because remember, this is a divine institution, which means it's been ordained and arranged by God. See, our expectations, when we lean on them, it gets us out of God's order. There'll be difference in, in opinion on where we're going to church. My child ain't going to that church. My child ain't going to that school. When it's our child. But my child... You'll tell the child one thing, she'll go back and do another thing. No, you don't need that snack right now. She'll come back and take them back there. Here you go. And, and that's a small thing, but it'll be like that all the way through discipline. Won't be any affection shown for you, just the children. Children be laying in bed in your spot. Listen, when it's time for dinner, you get fed last. Here's the thing about it, right? Because children need to see the love between the mother and the father. In my eyes, and I've seen this all the time, my mom made sure my father got his plate first. Not that the kids are not priority, but she wanted us to see something. You won't be, listen, you might not eat. It may not be nothing left. I can door dash you a McDonald's or something, you good? You see what I'm saying? Listen. When they get into marriage, when you get married for these wrong expectations, these little things pop up. <sighs> what if the person you get married to is not able to have children? And you didn't know that before you got married. And the only reason you got married was to have children. Remember, God hates divorce. See, count, <laughs> count the cost. In the cup, listen, the cup includes surprises. You know, you're, by, a person by itself, you have many surprises in life that happen. Guess what? That doubles. It includes all that. Consider these things. What if this doesn't happen? What if we can't have children? You might be done then, if that's the reason you're getting married. See, man's expectation, though good, a family desire is good, it'll lead to something ungodly. It'll lead to sin against God. Oh, sin for me. Because divorce is a sin. 
Everybody say for Brother Hill. One other thing, and before I move on, is one other expectation I'm going to touch on is many people expect marriage to change the person that they're dating, that they're with, that they're courting. Change the person that they're with. Like, like marriage is a switch. And I talked about it earlier. Listen, if you're doing what you're doing in the season you are now, and all you did was have a wedding ceremony, guess what? You're going to carry that into that next season. If you're a procrastinator now, you're going to carry that procrastination into the next season. If you're unfaithful now, you're going to carry... Listen, that's why I said, if you're having sex outside of marriage, you're not... If you're unfaithful to God now, you're going to carry that unfaithfulness to God into your marriage covenant. And then you expect that God's covenant is going to change. Listen, you can't legislate righteousness in a person's life. I'm going to marry you to make, and change you. That's why it's so it's so important to go through the stages, right? And not rush it. Go through your dating as a kingdom. And when I say dating, it's not serious. It's not about just me and you. That's courting. Right? But go through your dating phase and go through the courting phases. Because people have their idea of what, what, hey, this is what my partner's supposed to become. This is what my partner's supposed to be. And, and then, mind you, like I told you before, marriage is all about service to the other. When you should be, you should be dealing with yourself beforehand. But, you, but we come in there and we think, you know, this is, this is what we want them to be. And we wait until we tie the knot and then we tell them. And not necessarily verbally tell them. We tell them in our actions, right? Nah, you need to do that. You, you try to passively, aggressively, you know, move them in the direction that you want them to go. Or the, the direction that you think is right. Let me give you some counsel here, right? If there's something that your prospective spouse, uh, spouse is doing and you don't like it personally... Right now, and it's a preference, you need to decide right now, because it's a preference, before you get in the covenant, is this something I can live with or not? Right now. Listen, don't get into the covenant of marriage thinking you're going to change it. The only one that's going to change anybody is God. And I'm not saying that you can't influence your spouse to change, you know, through God's words, doing what he says, but don't think you're going to get in there and do anything. That's why, I said, that's why I was, I'm saying it's, it's so important before you even consider getting this state that you're, listen, you are in, you, you're walking in God's purpose on your own. Thinking that, the, that God's covenant can change a person. Listen, everything, everything's good in man's eyes. All our thoughts and ways are good. But if you commit your thoughts and your ways to the Lord, then you'll be established. See, these are the things we need to, we need to keep in our mind before we just walk into this covenant. Now, I'm going to skip forward a little bit for the sake of time, because I can circle back to this point next week. But I do want to touch a little bit on what God wants from our marriage. What are His expectations? After all, it's his institution, and he created it from the beginning. So we're going to go back to the beginning. Like I said Wednesday night, everything is already in the beginning. 
So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 26. And it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now for this teaching, I want you to notice that, that God, He created them both, as He introduced, and as He created them, He introduced them to His system of authority. And how did you know that? Because He gave them a command. And though He gave them a command, He didn't immediately place them both in the garden. Now, that's... He didn't place them, listen, he didn't say, I want y'all to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, here in the garden, you're married, now y'all just go. That's not what God did. Because he has an order. And that means what he's designing is meant to bring him glory. There's a purpose for it. So what did God do? Chapter 2, verse 15. It says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou shalt eatest thereof, thou shalt surely, surely die. And the Lord, I'm sorry, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. So, here it is, God giving Adam a command. And the Lord God commanded the man, of this, uh, man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, right? And he said to dress it and to keep it. So what did he do first? He gave man stewardship. He gave man a command and gave him stewardship. And listen, in that stewardship, he told him, listen, you can eat from every tree except the one in the midst of the garden. So what did he do? He showed him what was right and he showed him what was wrong. He gave him stewardship. He showed him what was right. He showed him what was wrong. He taught him to a point of understanding of what he, what he was to do and what he needed to do. And then in verse 19, it says, And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he could call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So then, after he gave him a command, he gave him responsibility. In verse 19. This is what you need to do with that command that I gave you. Here's the responsibility. Now, he gave him responsibility on his own to learn and to mature first. To know where he needed to focus his efforts. And here's, here's what the beautiful thing about it. If you read it again in verse 19, it says, And out of the, out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast, every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam. Oh, see, that, that blessed me right there. See, he knows what you need and when you need it. Here's the thing, right? Adam knew... Oh, I'm sorry. He already said that it wasn't good for a man to be alone in the midst of his garden. And, and, and he gave Adam responsibility, and he told him to work. And in the middle of the work, knowing that he didn't have the help he needed, God was still there helping him. He said, I, I brought the animals to him. See, in the midst of your, of your maturing and your growing, stay with God. Let him show you how to walk in his purpose. Listen, this is all before. God knew before. He said, he needs to help me. 
And before he gets to help me though, he's going to be about this purpose. And in the middle of this purpose, as long as he's trusting in me, I'm going to help him. And listen, Adam knew the first command to be fruitful and multiply. He knew that that was the first command. But in the midst of his responsibilities, all he had to do was trust God. He, he was like Abraham, right? Listen, I know I'm supposed to be fruitful and multiply and repentance to earth, and there's nobody here, but guess what? God will, listen, there will be a ram in the bush. See, he was focused on the command and the responsibility that God has given him. And let me tell you, command and responsibility, you know what that is? That's purpose. That's what he gave Adam there. Listen, long before he put him in the married state. He gave him a command and he gave him responsibility and told him where to focus those efforts. You know what to do. Walk. Before he put him in the married covenant. And he helped him all along before he put him in there. And God brought him. And I'm going to tell you this right now. God has given each and every one of us a purpose all by ourselves. I'm talking male and female now. All by ourselves. That's why I said it earlier. Listen, if, you, if you're out there and you're saying, you know, what's my purpose? Listen, and that's a good question, but let me tell you, you're not ready for the married state. Remember, in, marriage, in the married state, you need to be united in purpose. You have to know what God's purpose is for you all by yourself. He's given you stewardship over this life as a believer. Like Pastor said, he's told us we can do everything we want to do but sin. And he's given us the responsibility by his grace to focus our efforts so we can learn his word and we can mature and we can grow for whatever season he has, a, has, has planned for us. Whether it be the married state or not. He knows what you want. But he wants you to have purpose by yourself first. So that you don't despise his covenant. In verse 20, I can't go on. I'm out of time. I'm sorry, but I wanted to go on here. But God is faithful. And we'll finish up in Genesis and then start on, uh, you know, how he gets what he expects from his marriage next week. But again, you know, I, want, I hope y'all take, you know, counsel to that, that, uh, that other challenge. You know, if you're, if you're having sex, stop. And let me tell you something as well, right? When I say you're, not, you're having sex outside of marriage and you're not ready for the marriage state, you need to spend some time apart from that person. Because let me tell you, and if that person, male or female, is like, no, nah, I can't do that, this or that, let me tell you, you don't want to marry them anyway. If the only reason they, they, they for you is because they're getting the milk for free, then listen, you need to let it go. You need to get back into God's purpose. Listen, fine, just be by yourself. 
Make sure that you're complete in God first. Get yourself back. Listen, repent first and foremost. Put yourself back into, under submission. And just listen, it's time, if you're having sex outside of marriage, let me tell you, it's time just to be by yourself for right now. It's time to Because you don't understand how much damage that does. It's time to rebuild. It's time to refocus. Listen, stop the plans you're making. If you're doing this, stop the plans you're making and get back on God's plan. Because it's serious. Marriage is not to be taken lightly. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.